Welcome to the Jason Claus Show. I'm Jason Claus, your host, and today we're going to be talking about, as always, good ideas for busy managers. Welcome, 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 everybody. This is the Jason Claus Show. It's a podcast dedicated to helping Bay Area busy managers find good ideas for leading their team, for working with their organization. My experience is the best managers out there, they're idea collectors. They're always on the lookout for great ways to inspire others and to help their people get from where they are to where they want to be. And that's what this show is really dedicated to. It's about finding those ideas and sharing those ideas with a growing community of local managers that, uh, that are contributing. We're going to continue an interview that I started earlier. And we just ran out of time, and it's not going to be the cleanest in the world because I've never done an interview like this before. So we'll incorporate what what we've learned and, and the good ideas that we've we've gathered, and I'll make sure to roll that into future shows. So please excuse the abruptness of, of our intro and getting into it. And um, I'll give us a little more detail about what we're going to be talking about right after this. The Jason Claus Show is brought to you by Ensay. Computer problems can be frustrating and incredibly expensive. They're also almost always avoidable. You deserve a better computing experience, and you can trust Ensight to deliver it. To find out more about Ensight's process-driven approach to delivering computer system support, go to www.ensight.net and check it out. All right. All right. So for those of you that listened to part one of my interview with Thomas and Kirsten, our topic is about how can you structure a business earlier on or headed into a liquidation event or, or, or for someone who's trying to position the company to be sold, what are some of the things to concentrate on to maximize that business's value to a potential buyer? And Thomas and Kirsten have a wealth of information. I'd encourage you to go back and listen to the previous episode if you haven't, because you'll be a little bit lost. Like I said, we're just going to jump into it like almost immediately, and we'll get into it right here, right now. So pricing, um, it, as, as as a part of the 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 mm -hmm. competition bullet, right. And, and pricing it right. And specifically how your pricing impacts, um, every other aspect of the business, um, particularly cash flow, right. That was, that was the next question that, uh, that, that you guys had, right. Um, that you threw out to the, to, to, to everybody, what percentage of businesses that fail, fail because they run out of money or fail because they have cash flow problems. And that number was, um, yeah. Yeah, that was eighty-two uh, percent. Yeah, eighty-two percent, uh, and it's um, uh, some people say, "Oh, well, I, I thought it would be a hundred percent." There's other reasons. There's other reasons companies fail, but uh, yeah, but specifically for cash flow problems, it's eighty-two uh, percent, and mm -hmm. uh, a lot of it comes down to you know really having a very clear picture of you know uh, financially, how is your business operating. And it's sometimes um, uh, pretty interesting um, 
that there isn't a very, very clear or transparent picture of that. And uh, Marcus Lemonis of the Prophet uh, is famous for saying, if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. And that is absolutely a true statement. So, um, you know, business owners, they don't have to be financial experts. There's people they can hire and bring in to do that, to put their books together. And, and a lot of them do. Mm -hmm. uh, but they have to have them in order uh, and they have to know which of those numbers are critical for their particular business. Uh, and, you know, Kirsten and I both know this is that when someone comes in to evaluate your business, they're going to be looking at your finances uh, at a level that you never even dreamed possible. Um, mm -hmm. They've never even seen before. So it's really crucial that you understand them and uh, you know, which ones are critically important for the uh, financial health of your business. Mm -hmm. um, so the second area uh, on the operation side and this uh, as far as operational infrastructure is um, uh, something we, both of us we've talked about uh, several times which is systematize and document everything every aspect of the company needs to be um, documented particularly on the product service and uh, customer uh, maintenance side and I, I really encourage people to document, literally write down, take pictures, draw diagrams of how things are done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the owner uh, doesn't have to do it. I mean, some of these companies we work with are quite large. You know, that's, this isn't the owner running around writing everything down. This is getting the team to do it. Uh, and, and basically have the leaders of your team uh, and their, you know, uh, the individuals in their groups to just write down how do we do things around here. Uh, and this adds tremendous value to a company. Uh, so a person can come in and they see everything documented. They can go on the computer. They can look at notebooks, wherever the case may be. Uh, and it gives them confidence that if, you know, one of your critical players, uh, you know, is suddenly abducted by aliens, um, you, you know, the business is still going to run because a person can go and figure out, oh, yeah, how do we uh, do X? Uh, and they can go and they can read it and they can figure it out. Mm-hmm. And this leads to the third one, which is really important, which is critical and is part of a company thriving, um, is uh, getting the team involved in continuously improving the operation. Uh, you know, once it's documented and you write it down, you can take a critical look at it and say, well, why do we do it this way? Is there a better way to do it? Is there more efficiency that can be gained? Can we save time? Uh, if you can get your leaders and your people uh, to kind of create a culture of continuous improvement, uh, and that's evident when someone visits your company and the way people talk. Uh, it really creates a uh, very positive uh, culture of moving the business forward, of progressing the business forward. And uh, it gets people um, to constantly be looking for how can we do things better around here. Mm -hmm. And when you empower people to do that, it becomes a game for them to figure out how do we cut time, how do we cut costs. And then it gets them involved in their own development and how they can improve themselves. And it really creates a culture of, of why people like to be part of this company and want to stay. Mm -hmm. Very important. Right. Part of the vision play, plays into that too, right? Like in the, in the previous slide. Absolutely. Yeah. The thing that I'm struck by on this slide more than anything else is just how difficult these bullet points are. Right. Yeah, if people this don't not, like to do any of these things, yeah. actually. <laughs> and it's not something that can happen overnight. This is, no. uh, I mean, you can't even have the bottom bullet point without the first two, but just getting the first two, that's like roll your sleeves up and be and, and, and plan on just being in it for, for a while, right? Because it takes Yeah, it, it really is. I've, I, you know, I have a client I'm working with now that's been trying to uh, get their, their business organized uh, um, 
I won't go into the details, but in a very, very specific way. And they've been trying to do it for years and they just haven't been able to do it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I literally, you know, the last time I was in their office was, you know, walking around their office, talking to the various people on their team to finally get the numbers that they have not been able to get. And it's literally rolling up your sleeves and saying, okay, from now on, we're doing it this way. And yeah, you got to break through um, the... Uh, hesitancy or the lack of uh, desire or just the fear. <laughs> In many cases, it's fear. Sometimes they don't even want to know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how things are actually being done. It's kind of yeah. fun. Yeah. And then Kirsten, you, uh, <laughs> again, as, as you're reviewing these things from, from, from sort of the other side of the conversation, right? Um, knowing how hard those swim lanes are to create those process swim lanes are to create in the first place. Right. Again, looking at that, you having it, that's not necessarily, that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean that, that you're going to get the price that you want, right? There's some other things that you need to, you need to really be, uh, uh, be looking at. Right. And that's key. You, you, you make these assumptions and uh, either, again, from the buyer or seller point of view, and, you know, typically, uh, you know, I'm looking at it as, you know, we're buying an asset and, uh, and that can be in a variety of forms. It can be what's called tangible or intangible, meaning you've got a car, you know, what have you done to protect it? Um, what have you done to protect um, your customer list? Uh, do you have any sort of, um, you know, confidentiality uh, agreements in place? Um, on the intangible side, you know, we're, we sit in the Silicon Valley and uh, IP or intellectual property is everywhere. Have you done anything to protect it? And people say, well, I've trademarked it or I have a patent. But if you're not out there searching to make sure someone's not using it, that's not protection because you do have a legal obligation to say to the other party, stop using it or Mm -hmm. cease and desist. So, you know, those are the types of things I'm looking at. I'm also looking at, do you have insurance to cover that protection? Um, Because certainly um, if someone steals something, whatever it may be, you know, we always think of protecting money or, you know, um, but, you know, can you afford to protect it? And a lot of people will tell me no. And so on, uh, you know, the other thing that I look at is contractual obligations, meaning when we, when you buy that business or you sell that business, do you have either a negative or positive um, contractual obligation? For example, are you in a long-term contract that would maybe produce ongoing revenue or a contractual relationship where you're buying a product at a profit margin of 5% or 1% or you're losing money? And if you're buying or selling that business, that could be a deal breaker mm-hmm. because that you may be obligated to take that contract over. And probably one of the the biggest issues, and Thomas spends a lot of time, and we've talked about leadership, but it, how is this business going to continue after you sell it or when you buy it? And, you know, do you have the right people? And how are you going to retain those people? And 
do we need to enter into some sort of um, transaction, uh, for example, like a retention agreement uh, to stay on board so that the business will continue after you're gone? And um, kind of on that same note is, you know, like I said earlier, you know, if you have some human resource issues, you know, are you buying a lawsuit because you aren't paying people correctly or, um, you know, you have some sort of uh, discrimination or the big hot topic today is harassment, mm -hmm. you know, that now you've now you've bought that liability. Yeah, boy, that's. that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just kind of it just kind of gave me an uneasy feeling in my belly. Um okay. Well, yeah. So, you know, I know one of the slides that uh you know, one of the things we talked about is lawsuits. Mhm. Mm yeah, the, and, the question and, here that you put up it's it's one of those uneasy ones, right? Cuz yeah. what percentage of uh, employee lawsuits are won by the employees? Um Again, um, I, I missed this answer completely. I was surprised by how high it was. So we have, um, a, we used BrightHub as a source of 67%. So that is a national number. Mm -hmm. um, I would tell you that county by county, uh, state by state um, will differ. But in general, uh, you also have to recognize only about 4% of cases go to trial. Mm -hmm. So again, you know, we have cases in arbitration, but what I would tell you, you don't want to end up as a box over here in my office <laughs> and <laughs> because it, it just, you know, as an employer, you know, it, uh, you know, it creates a morale issue because everybody in the business knows about it, but it also is very costly from a financial perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah. P particularly now, right. It, it seems like every time I turn on the news, I see something that impacts that, uh, this, th this area, right. Your, your, your team, we've already talked about this. It, it, they, they show up in almost every one of the points that you guys have made. They are, they are the lifeblood and what you're depending on to, um, to be able to, uh, to, to have an end at the end of the of, of the business's life, but they're also, um, I guess, unfortunately for you as the owner, um, they have their own minds mm -hmm. and their own feelings and their own things and um, their own misunderstandings and their own communication, and that's also a huge piece of it um, that needs to absolutely. Be and, uh, and if you don't, doesn't necessarily mean that something bad's going to happen. It may just mean that you don't get as close to your goals as you want, or it could be awful. And it could be something that that's, that's just incredibly destructive. So, yeah, Jason, I, you know, Pat Lencioni uh, is famous for uh, several books on organizational uh, dysfunctions and so on. And I really agree. Uh, I can't quote the exact quote. I don't have it off the top of my head, but essentially, you know, he's a firm believer in um, the person that can put together the most effective and productive team will win in any market. And uh, I think that that is the most important competitive advantage. And there's so many elements to it, but it takes time and a lot of energy to make it work. Yeah. Um, again, that's a whole nother, that's a whole, that's nother, a whole nother talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the good one. Um, so we've covered a lot. Um, 
any, can, can, could one of you sort of wrap up for us and, and maybe just leave us with some, some final thoughts here? Yeah, and I think the, you know, the intent uh, when uh, Kirsten and I try to present these ideas is just to sensitize people that um, these things aren't, you know, uh, they're not um, impossible to do. They, they're all yeah. things that can be done. They're all things that a, an owner can get help to work on. The key is, is that you need to start uh, and uh, recognize that it takes time to put all this stuff together. And, you know, with the, uh, the concept of beginning with the end in mind, figuring out which of those four exit uh, strategies you want to press the button on. Is it going to be, you know, uh, you shut the business down or you work in it till you die or you figure out a way to use some of these concepts and build an organization and a team and a, and a business that can run without you so you can go to the beach but still get an income from it. Mm-hmm. Or the fourth is to ultimately sell or transfer the ownership to uh, someone else. And once you make that decision, uh, then these concepts can, um, uh, that we've covered today can all begin to start to, to uh, 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 you can start to, to evaluate which of these areas am I weakest in now that I should start working on and just start working on one yeah. uh, and get the help. Uh, there's lots of people uh, uh, that can help in all these areas. Get yeah, well, I'm, I'm talking yeah. to two of them right now, right? That's right. That's right. And so, <laughs> so, you know, uh, you know, just to summarize, you know, to work on building a capable leadership team and organizational strength um, to develop the marketing strategy that's going to basically protect where you are today, but then give the vision for where the company can go mm-hmm. and then do the, the roll up the sleeves and really put the energy into getting the operational infrastructure scalable, systematized, documented, transparent, ready to go. And once these things are in place, it's going to take, um, you're going to have to have evidence that you actually have these things in place. And that's simply operating the business over time. Uh, I think the minimum that, you know, that I tend to encourage my clients to have in their brain is at least two years where you've got these things and you can tweak them a little bit, but you have the evidence that, yeah, we do have these things in place and they are working. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, uh, Jason, is that what, what happens is, is when owners do this work, when they uh, originally set their objectives of wanting to exit by you know, a certain period of time, when they get it to this point, they actually find that it's actually more fun to run their business. So they're, they actually aren't too concerned about it because it's fun now. Um, the business is operating itself. There's a vision. There's an excitement. There's an energy that's positive. There's an operational rhythm. Uh, and um, uh, the business turns out to be a lot more fun to operate. Uh, and with the vision, you know, it'll, it'll grow and it'll be more profitable. And then they can maybe even choose, you know, whether they hang on longer and, and stay the ownership, hold this asset uh, for a longer period of time, or if they really want to sell, they're going to get maximum value for it and, and be able to walk away. It'd be great. Yeah. Well, that's great. Great way to end. Kirsten, if I'm uh, if there's somebody listening to the show and they're in the process right now of evaluating a, a, a potential, a potential client or excuse me, a, a potential uh, uh, acquisition, how do they get in contact with you to help? Uh, they can either go to my website, which is KEB Law Group. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can give me a call, um, uh, which is 925-474-0040. And we'll, we'll talk about uh, a lot of the things that we talked about here and process, you know, and uh, try to get a sense of 
where they are in the due diligence process. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay. And I'll make sure to include all that information in the show notes mm-hmm. for, uh, for today. Mm-hmm. And, and Thomas, if I'm that, you know, I'm, I'm that same person and uh, I'm thinking, okay, I love this idea of letting the business run without me. How do they get in contact with you? Uh, same, same three ways. Um, website for me is uh, mealygroup.net. Uh, that they can go and they can contact me there. They can call me 925-413-4712 uh, or they can email me, uh, thomasmealy at mealygroup.net. And mm-hmm. uh, like Kirsten, um, you know, we're more than happy to uh, sit down and, and do a comp- complimentary consultation to kind of step through these things and do a rough evaluation and see, you know, where they are uh, relative to where they want to be. Yeah, I was going to mention that too, that uh, you guys are open to, to doing this as a team and doing a, a, a complimentary sit down and just say, hey, let's just talk about your goals and, uh, and, and, and see, where, see where that conversation goes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that sounds like, a, that sounds like, a, like, like something that's a, that would be incredibly valuable. All right, that's all we have for today. I'd like to thank Thomas and Kirsten for for joining me. Great topic. I really enjoyed the conversation. Like I said, I'm going to include all their contact details in the show notes. If you want to reach out to them, please do. They're very smart people and can help you with this specific problem and other ones. Next up, we're going to be doing another interview with another friend of mine, uh, Doug Kennedy from CFOs to Go. We're going to be talking about some of the telltale signs that it may be time to upgrade your business system. I think we've got a great episode in store for you that, with that. Until then, I hope my good friend Jesus blesses you with peace in your heart, wisdom in your spirit, and a lot of laughter in your belly. Take care now. <laughs>